You're listening into Locked on Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Today's episode, we have a ton of football information coming your way with the game coming up on Friday this week, not on Saturday against North Carolina. That game is at 3.30 on ABC. Today's show is going to be a preview preparing you for that game on Friday. And additionally, we have latest recruiting news with another player committing to play for the Fighting Irish. We also, I would like to say, have coming up on Friday, we are going to hear from the Locked on Spartans guys. We're going to have one of them on the show for a good chunk of the show for a discussion about this upcoming Saturday when Notre Dame basketball is going to open the season against Michigan State. Before we get into the first discussion topic, I am Joe DeLeon, former Division I football player, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the Director of Scouting at NFL Draft Bible, as well as a college football and NFL Draft Analyst. So Ryan, we have fantastic news. We continue to just rack up more and more recruiting news to hit on, making our job so much easier as we now have another commitment to the University of Notre Dame, that being JoJo Johnson, who is a three-star recruit uh, ranked around the 800 range nationally. So not a highly recruited kid, not a really big-name recruit, but he's coming from Indiana. He's a three-star guy. He is an athlete at five foot 11, 180 pounds. Now, I know this isn't as big of a name as some of the other guys that we've brought up, Ryan, but it's still pretty nice to see yet another commitment. Yeah, and uh, the interesting conversation, I think, for JoJo Johnson is, you know, obviously he's an acclaimed athlete listed there. I've seen some people list him as a wide receiver. Others list him as a cornerback. I think it was Brian Driscoll over there, Sports Illustrated for the Notre Dame page, that listed him as a cornerback. So I believe that he is a defensive back take for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, that obviously can completely change the minute that he hits campus and depending on how he looks in practice, what the numbers are, cornerback-wise, defensive back-wise, wide receiver-wise, like where is the biggest need for him? Because he is a two, two-way two star that has the athletic traits to to really do well on both sides of the football. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where JoJo ultimately fits. It was – a person that we had heard about a little bit on Twitter a few days ago that might be the next guy in line here. Obviously, it was. So, looking forward to see what JoJo does, man. I, I know we are uh, we talked a little bit about the cornerback depth when, when Philip Riley came back aboard. That cornerback might be a need in, in the near future. He's, he's playing there. Obviously, wide receiver has been you know up and down to a degree this year. So, whether he's playing cornerback, wide receiver, it's a welcome addition, an athletic player that has the opportunity to affect the game on offense or defense for Notre Dame. Yeah, he he brings some versatility to to this uh, to this Fighting Irish team. He's a guy that can really play either. And Ryan, I said this to you earlier. I think that this is a, a very typical commitment for Notre Dame, where they're obviously going to be chasing after some of these players that are four and five star recruits that are big name guys. But a lot of the recruiting gets wrapped up by finding these strong depth players, some developmental guys, guys that are good athletes that can do multiple things. You don't really necessarily need a JoJo Johnson to come in and start as a true freshman. 
you're bringing him in because you want him to develop the first year, take some time to grow. He's only 180 pounds, so hopefully uh, bulk up a little bit, at least add 10 pounds to his frame, and, and then possibly contribute down the line. But because he has that positional versatility, while he's growing and developing, you can figure out pretty quickly or maybe if you want to change your mind, if you want to move him to other positions. I know that Notre Dame is a program that has a, has had that tendency where they've moved guys from one position and even back just based on what their skill set is and if they feel that they need um, more of an athlete or a bigger need at other position groups. Yeah, and I think that it's really interesting and something to, to keep a note of, right? When you're a program like Notre Dame seems to be trending as the number two team in the country – Sometimes you can take those chances on those developmental guys, the guys that maybe you won't see early on, but at the end of it, at the end of the road, it could play, pay huge dividends. I think of like, I mean, Will Fuller played a little bit as a freshman, right? He showed some explosiveness, broke out as a sophomore, but like that was a guy that was a three-star player coming out of Roman Catholic out there in, in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, and not much was expected of him, but then he's able to obviously make uh, I mean, have an outstanding career for Notre Dame. So I, I'm not really sure what the, the trajectory is going to be for um, for JoJo Johnson. But even we saw like this year with Clarence Lewis, who was a three-star cornerback, not really a big-name guy coming to Notre Dame, and now he's starting a little bit at, at cornerback for them. So the career tra- trajectory, we'll see what happens with it. But it's always, again, nice to, f- to find a player who not only fits the mold of a Notre Dame athlete, academically, athletically, but a guy that has the opportunity to play both sides of the football. Where will he end up fitting? He has options. He's not. We talked about the, um, you know, Notre Dame does not recruit pure centers. They don't recruit pure guards. They recruit pure offensive linemen. I feel like this similarly with the JoJo Johnson. We're recruiting athletes and finding the best opportunity for him to to exceed and um, to really. Um, exceed expectations and succeed on the football field. I think JoJo Johnson has an opportunity to be a player at Notre Dame when all is said and done. Coming up, we're going to break down this UNC offense from our perspective, everything that you need to know, and then wrapping up with the defensive side of the football, as we've done pretty much every week uh, over these first few weeks of hosting this show. We're going to give you that analytical look on what to expect for this game. So you're the smartest person in the room when you're watching with your friends or your family. You can start bringing up names and obscure stats because you listened to this podcast. Before we get to that, though, I want to share a quick message with you folks. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Do you ever feel like you have no moment to chill or relax? How do you like to hit that reset button or get ready for what's next? I know that when I reach that point where if I want to take a break and and stop constantly being in continuous motion and just relax, at the end of the day, I like to grab a Coors Light. I like to sit down, whatever sport's on, put it on and just unwind. I know that Coors Light wants, um, you know, provides that perfect opportunity and, and that great quality beer to just be calm. And it's not too heavy either if you're not a fan of heavier beers. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing this year and there are still plenty of teams and sports on TV that can give you that excuse to chill and drink Coors Light. Doesn't matter what sport is playing, Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. So flip through the, through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I want to unwind, and I know it is going to be the one that I will be drinking 
on Thursday before dinner on Thanksgiving when I'm watching NFL football on. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Coors Brewing Company, um, Golden Colorado, celebrate responsibly. Ryan, do you have also another message for our listeners? Are you dreaming of a white Christmas? Built Bar has you covered beginning Thanksgiving Day. They're introducing the all-new white chocolate bar while supplies last. They have white chocolate cookies and cream, which has only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. Also, white chocolate salted caramel, only 130 calories again on this bar, 17 grams of protein as well, and only 4 grams of sugar. Not only do these new bars, like every Built Bar that you will find on the market, not only are they great for you, but they also taste absolutely delicious. Now, with limited time offer, you get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased. Those candy canes, like the white chocolate salt to caramel and the white chocolate cookies and cream, are also very good for you. 150 calories, 70 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar. Get 20% off all products all weekend long coming this weekend. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 20% off the Black Friday special. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code to get an extra percent off. Ryan, let's get into breaking down this Tar Heel offense, which is very high-powered. We saw them the last time they played light up the box score, particularly Sam Howell and a number of offensive playmakers at skill positions. We heard Candace Cooper talk about their talented running back group. For you, when you're looking at this offense, Ryan, what are some of the things that stand out to you considering all the talent that they have at really important positions? Well, I think that the guy that everybody's going to talk about is Sam Howell, the super sophomore quarterback who is already on draft radars despite him not being eligible until 2022 at the earliest. But what makes his job so easy is there are playmakers galore. You want to talk about NFL draft perspective? I will show you Michael Carter, a running back, who is a senior bowl acceptee. I will show you Javonta Williams, the other running back, bigger back, number 25, who's probably the more talented, well, not probably, he is the more talented runner of the two. He's a bigger frame. They both do exceptional in the passing game. Also over seven yards of pop each on the ground this year, so they have been very effective all season long. If And if Notre Dame decides to load up the box, they also have Diami Brown at wide receiver. They also have Daz Newsom, their dynamic slot receiver. They have legitimate NFLers all over the place. Bo Corrales is also a good third receiver. No matter where you look and no matter what your emphasis is on for Notre Dame defensively, they have playmakers that can make you look silly in open space. So this game is going to be heavily determined on our athletes on defense, our Jeremiah Wusukoromoas, our Kyle Hamiltons, our Nick McLeods, those guys are going to be put into some severe tests because they are going to be challenged by some very athletic skill position players that Notre Dame is all, is going to have to account for, offset, and I think that that will be a big determiner in who wins this football game. And I would argue the, the most talented team that we saw so far that Notre Dame has faced in terms of in terms of their skill position players was Clemson. I would argue that not UNC is better, but they're really not that far off. For a program that it does not recruit as um, effectively as as Clemson has, they have a lot of talent. They have some serious playmakers. You named a bunch of those guys. Javonta Williams is a very talented running back. Daz Newsom has has been on as of late. 
But for me, and you already talked about this, how how Sam Howell is starting to get this recognition as a draft process uh, prospect. What makes things really scary for this offense is you have an elite quarterback operating this thing. You can sometimes have in college football an average to a below average quarterback be boosted a little bit by having good receivers, a good offensive line, and good running backs. But Howell has been fantastic, not only because he has so many different talented dudes to get the ball to, but because he is an effective quarterback. He is one of the best quarterbacks right now in the country, and this guy is only a sophomore. He's only gotten better over the the last two years after being a, a true freshman starter at quarterback. So that's something that, the, that Notre Dame has to be prepared for. They cannot let a guy like Sam Howell get cooking and get running like they had with DJ Uyunglele. Uh, he's not the same level of Trevor Lawrence, but Howell has, has a lot of potential as a true sophomore. I, I think one thing that Sam Howell has going for him, because DJ Uyunglele, like if you put those guys next to each other, DJ is more talented than Sam Howell. But what Sam Howell has going for him in that offense is he is very, very comfortable with his wide receivers. He'll take some chances at times, you know, and he'll take some some risks, to say the least. And there will be some interceptable passes. There will be opportunity for Notre Dame to make plays. But he just trusts his guys. Again, Corrales, Brown, Newsom. He trusts this cast so much. You're not going to get any of that freshman in between where, hey, he might not see it. He's going to check it down or he's going to keep the ball. He's going to tuck and run. Sam Howell's going to let it fly, man, because he trusts what his eyes see and he trusts his playmakers to make a play. So he's in complete command. He's a very talented quarterback. And he's definitely going to be, obviously, the point of emphasis for Notre Dame to slow down that passing attack and try to make them as one-dimensional as possible. We are now going to transition to talking about the defensive side of the ball for this UNC team, which has been very inconsistent, very sloppy in their last game against Wake Forest. This is going to be a key storyline. We have that coming up very shortly. Folks, if you haven't done so already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button also to stay up to date. But also, we have uh, coming up later in the week, uh, you're going to hear from the Locked On Spartans. We're going to do uh, an amazing show for you on Friday. We're we're going to do a, a basically a, a, a split show between the two of us. We're going to work together for the opener for the men's basketball team for Notre Dame as they face Michigan State. Ryan, th- this this UNC defense is quite perplexing. They are uh, interesting to say the least. There are some talented players on this defense. There are some draftable prospects on this defense. But what becomes a bit messy here is how many points they've given up and especially their last game how bad they've done against um you know the run and giving up a lot of points and yardage to not that great of offenses. This is something that could very well help this game get out of hand in favor of Notre Dame because of how weak they are defensively. Yeah, and I think Kansas mentioned Storm Duck a little bit in their secondary, which obviously will be a big help to this secondary if he is deed and back this week. But when I'm looking at what this defense has to offer, I feel like despite Jared Patterson and Tommy Kramer being out and seeing Zeke Corral and Josh Lugg inserted in there to the interior, I feel like they'll still have the advantage against that defensive line. They don't scare me. What does scare me, though, is the athletes that they have on the second level. They have... 
Um, Chaz Surratt, who if you're in NFL draft circles, is a guy that's been heavily talked about. Former quarterback who was outstanding last year as a linebacker for them in his first year. He has, I wouldn't say he's taking the next step. He's, he's, I mean, he's always going to make plays because he's just a very athletic player. They also have Jeremiah Gemmel next to him who's an athletic linebacker. So they have a duo that can cause issues for Notre Dame if they are able to really attack and get downhill and make plays in the backfield. What Notre Dame can't do, and we always talk about this, you can't fall behind the chains. Because although Ian Book is playing at a nice level, we don't want him to have to just do it a, a basic drop back, be a guy back there where you you know there's no creativity to the offense. You don't want it to be a, a, an easy thing to understand whether it's a run or it's a pass. We, we don't want to be very predictable. So Jeremiah Gemmel and Chaz Surratt are the keys to stopping them on uh, for Notre Dame. Those are the guys that there should be the, the target on their backs. And if you're North Carolina on the flip side, those are your disruptive players who can cause what has been a dominant Notre Dame rushing attack this year can cause them some problems potentially. Right. Chas Surratt is the guy that I was really referencing. Some people believe that he is in this top five conversation at the linebacker position, maybe in that top 10. He is a draftable prospect. He is a former quarterback. He brings some value to this, this UNC defense, but there are a number of holes uh, across the remainder of this lineup, just kind of looking at a glance at how guys performed against them uh, against Wake Forest in their last game I, I see major holes not particularly starting at corner but at corner depth there's a lot of guys that graded really poorly in the in the 40s and 50s per pro football focus I'm referencing um, you know Trey Morrison who had 95 snaps he had a 39.1 grade um, Ladason DeAndre Hollins did not have a very good performance he graded in the 40s there are not very good secondary players and corners on the back end. So maybe you're not going to to kill their starting corners um, and, and, and some of these other guys. You are going to be able to create some mismatches with some very weak players that have given up some serious yardage. I mean, let's call it what it is, Joe, to be very honest here, right? Like, North Carolina's defense is bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, just, I mean it, it just comes down to that. Like, it's not – Great analysis, right? Because we just talked about Chaz Surratt, and you, and you talked, and we talked about Storm Duck, and we talked about Jeremiah Gemmel, like the guys that can make plays. It's not, you know, there's there's obviously a couple players that are very good football players on that defense, but for whole, like I mean, as a whole, they've struggled mightily this year. Like last week against Wake Forest, like you, may, I mean, I'm not even saying that Sam Hartman's a bad football player, but you made Sam Hartman look like he is a legit like high-end NFL prospect at quarterback. It was that bad of a showing. So it's not going to be, for me, is Notre Dame going to be able to run the football? Are they going to be able to score points in North Carolina? Like, I would be shocked if they struggle in that capacity. The problem is going to end up being, and we talked about the offensive skill position that North Carolina has, is Notre Dame going, if they get into a shootout, can we beat this team in a shootout with the Sam Howells, the Daz Newsoms, all those guys but North Carolina's defense does not worry me. I feel like Notre Dame's going to have the success they always have because Notre Dame is just a lot better in some of the most important parts of building a team. Yeah, you bring up the really good point here. They gave up 50 points to Wake Forest. And and understandably, there's a couple talented players in that mix, and Sam Hartman is better than I think people give him credit for. 
But I, I would consider that an excuse if you're trying to say that, well, Sam Hartman's better than, than people to give him credit for, and he scored 50 points. Regardless, it's Wake Forest. That's a pretty clear indication that this defense is their biggest liability. We, we pointed out some of the various holes. We pointed out some of the strengths. But this group as a whole is just not operating effectively. Notre Dame moved the ball really easily against Boston College. Maybe it takes them a little bit to get going again like they did against BC, but this isn't going to be a tough day for the Notre Dame offense. If they come out, despite being on a bye, if they come out with the same level of, um, of consistency, the, the same mental focus, I, I really think that they can come out here and put up uh, some, some significant numbers. That's why I was really shocked that Candace picked uh, a, a score in the, in the 30s for Notre Dame. Like I think that that is very generous based on how, how this defense has looked. Yeah, I think she said 42-35 was her There's no shot. That. <laughs> there's no – I don't think there's any shot because, like, I'm looking at, like, some of these scores, right? Like, 31 they gave up to Florida State. That's man. That's whatever. a bad 45, offense. <laughs> it's a bad offense. 45 to Virginia Tech. 44 to Virginia in upset loss. 53 to Wake Forest. Like, they're giving up 30-plus every week, 40-plus in, in a lot of occasions. So, I, I mean, I just don't see a world – where and I hope I don't jinx it here because I, I might be knocking on some wood in a second. But I like, did it for you. I don't think <laughs> you did it for me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I I don't think there's any world though when I'm looking at this and I'm saying I that Notre Dame struggles to move the ball or to finish drives against North Carolina. I'm not knocking Candace's prediction, but if if UNC wins this football game, it's it's going to be in the 50s it's going to need to be a shootout that's how you that's how you beat a good team that's a, that's honestly that's a commonly reoccurring thing that people say um is that if you're going to beat a good football team it's not going to be because be because you and especially good offense it's not going to be because you you stop their offense it's because you score more points than them yeah no i agree completely like this isn't this isn't a North Carolina's defense is really good, so like even though their offense might not be as good as Notre Dame, like maybe if we get into a dogfight, we can come out on top. Like if we're if they're if they get into a dogfight with Notre Dame against Notre Dame's offensive line and Notre Dame's defense being much better than North Carolina, then Notre Dame's going to win the football game. The only real threat that they have, the only real chance that they have, is if Notre Dame defensively does not show up. Clark Lee and the bunch do not show up. And then they get in a shootout with those athletes because in that situation, I would take Notre Dame's. I, would, I mean, I would take North Carolina's athletes over Notre Dame's athletes. That's where they win. But in the most important parts of building a team, offensive line and defense, Notre Dame has the clear advantage in this game. Exactly. That's the that's the big key key of note. They might have some athletes, but Notre Dame has the the blatant advantage along the offensive line and the defensive line. Ryan, to wrap us up here as we do, and we typically do this on, we'll do these shows on Thursdays. On Friday, we'll give our score prediction when we hear from the guests. So today, to wrap up, we're going to do our score predictions to see how things turn out. I'm going to give mine first, and then I'll, I'll let you you share yours. I believe that this game is going to be high scoring. Um, it's going to be a little bit closer than I think maybe some people anticipate, but I'm still going to pick Notre Dame to come out on top. I see this being a, a 49-38 to 38 game in favor of Notre Dame. Okay. All right. It's not, it's not a bad prediction, Joe. I'm going a little more <laughs> Notre Dame heavy in this okay. one, though, because I'm, I'm the bigger fan here. I mean, we, uh, just, no, 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 no. Just because <laughs> you pick a bigger victory every time does not make you the bigger fan. I, I would argue, if I'm more realistic, that makes me the bigger fan. 
Well, I would say my two predictions have been a lot closer than yours. Wouldn't you say so far? I don't. Th- I don't know weeks? about the first one. This the the BC one. Yes, I don't think the first one was. I think I predicted a shootout. I, 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 didn't I say it was going to be? A, I, I said it was going to be like. 38 to 37. Yeah, go and go was, back and pull it. Go back and pull it. 47 to 40. Okay, I'm not, go, right, so I'm go not going off it. of your assumptions. If you want to go check it, go it's check it. It's not an assumption. You're, it happened. It, it's real world. Well, you don't know the numbers exactly, so it's an assumption, is it not? Okay, well, whatever. All right, All right what, what's so your score prediction? This go game. Ahead. <laughs> All right, 52. We're going to throw in a field goal there. Oh, by the way, I know we're getting off on a tangent for a second, but do you remember against Clemson where I predicted like four field goals? And how many field goals did they make, Joe? I remember uh, that. I remember prediction. that. I remember I that. Gave you, I gave you I a hard time for that. Right. That one was the only one I was hoping you never brought up again. <laughs> that was, I, I got that one correct. So this here's my next correct prediction. Okay. 52-28 Irish. Wow, you think it's going to be that much of a – no, come on, man. It's not going to be that that what? lopsided. 28 scored against Notre Dame's defense. Their, their defense is okay, good. We just, we, no, no we just spent – and again, I I know I'm probably going to piss some listener off. That, that's like, how could you how could you uh, discount Notre Dame's defense? Because that's basically what you're doing right One now. One star review. One star <laughs> review coming. I hate the guy who won't pick Notre Dame to win by 60 every game. Um, <laughs> no, but we just talked up their offense. They have a good offense. They're going to score more than 28, 28 points. 28 points against Notre Dame's offense is good. Right. This de- I'm against Notre Dame's defense. Notre Dame's defense is a good defense. And then, like, North Carolina's not – I mean, we almost picked the same exact score for Notre Dame. You're just – I'm just – I just think Notre Dame's defense is going to be a, a little more than what North Carolina has seen defense okay. this year. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, I do encourage you, Ryan, to go back and check that that score from the Clemson game. I, I, will. I will be curious to I check, check this one. I want to see how things turn out folks. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button just to stay up to date on all of our shows. As this is a daily show, five days a week, giving you fantastic Notre Dame athletics content coming up later in the week. No show on Thursday. We originally said that we weren't going to do a Friday show, but we changed our mind with everything that's going on. On Friday morning, you can tune in while you're getting ready to watch the Notre Dame-UNC game. On Saturday, because we have that game coming up, as I've teased now twice, uh, Notre Dame plays Michigan State in basketball, meaning we are having a a combined show with Locked On Spartans. It's going to be two segments of the show. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. You're going to get to hear that. Uh, coming up on Friday morning. So stay tuned for that one, folks. Follow us on social media at Locked On Irish. Uh, you can follow Ryan at Rise, the letter N, and then Draft. And you can follow me at Joe DeLeon, spelled D-E-L-E-O-N-E. If you're looking for something else to tune into right now, head on over to Locked On College Football to hear more about the landscape across the, uh, the national landscape of college football. Thanks for tuning in, folks. You're going to hear from us on Friday and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks.